0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the
1: Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Darrell Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Jews place their seal on the covenant to separate themselves from the world and rededicate themselves to the Lord. It's a great lesson on how we revive our own hearts for God. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Nehemiah chapter 10 on Simply
0: the Bible. In his book, Hand Me Another Brick, pastor and author Charles Swindoll writes, Serious thought precedes any significant change. You never change areas of your life that have not been given serious thought. When you see a person who has changed from what he was a year ago, and you ask him, Hey, How did that come about he will never say ah it just happened it's amazing it surprised even me i didn't plan for it to happen i just changed instead he will tell you i'm glad you asked and he'll go to describe what god did one two three four change comes on the heels of deep honest thinking about our lives now as the jews gathered in jerusalem for the reading of the book of the law They were convicted of their sins and desired to renew their covenant with the Lord. They wanted to make significant changes, but they wanted to take it a step further than merely making a verbal promise that would easily be broken. They wanted to sign on the dotted line to give permanency to their commitment. So a total of 84 people signed their names to renew their covenant with Yahweh. In verses 1 through 8 of chapter 10, Nehemiah is the first to affix his seal on the document, followed by 22 priests. In verses 9 through 13, we are given the names of 17 Levites who signed, and then 44 leaders of the people who placed their seal on the document. That brings us to verse 28. Now the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the Nethanim, and all those who had separated themselves from the peoples of the land to the law of God, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, everyone who had knowledge and understanding. These were others who didn't sign the document themselves, but they joined with the 84 signers to make an oath to keep the law of God. Notice that these Jews first separated themselves from the peoples of the land. They separated themselves then to the law of God. There is a from and to in every rededication. Would you like to experience a fresh work of God's grace in your life? Would you like to be revived in your relationship with him? It begins by first being separated from this world, be then dedicated to Christ. If we're dedicated to Christ, then our separation from the world takes care of itself. It's like when you get married and you choose to say yes to the one you want to marry, you don't have to go say no to everybody else that you're not going to marry. You just say yes to the one you're marrying. So if you say yes to Jesus, I'm going to follow you, then it's easy to say no to everything else. The key is that every day when you arise in the morning, just say, Lord, what would you have me do today? You see, the Lord's commands are not burdensome. And if we are conformed to them, then we won't be conformed to this world. Nehemiah 10 calls us to be diligent in making these right priorities. Verse 29, These joined with their brethren, their nobles, and entered into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law, which was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord our God, and his ordinances and his statutes. Now, why would these Jews bind themselves with a curse and an oath? They had become convinced that the best choice they could make was to diligently keep God's covenant. By entering into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law, they were saying, may we be cursed with the curses named in the law if we don't keep our oath to obey God. They were serious, serious about wanting to change. Now, is that a good thing to take an oath? The only problem with people taking oaths is their weakness in carrying them out. How many people pledge to go to the gym in January and how many are still going in June? The Bible doesn't forbid making oaths, but it does require us to keep the oaths that we make. Now, I have found I have a poor track record in keeping my oaths, so it's better for me not to make them. And certainly, I don't want to bind myself to an oath and a curse. God never tells us that we must make oaths. I believe the reason is because He knows how weak we are. Warren Wearsby writes, We don't succeed as Christians because we make promises to God, but because we believe the promises of God and act upon them. Now, having entered into a vow and a curse to keep all the commandments of the law, the Jews now focus on five specific areas of the law that had been neglected in the past. First, they would separate themselves from unbelievers. Verse 30, we would not give our daughters as wives to the peoples of the land, nor take their daughters for our sons. This had been a problem before going into Babylonian exile, and even after they returned from captivity. This is a principle of separation, where a believer must not marry an unbeliever. The principle is continued in the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians 6, 14-18, where we are commanded not to be unequally yoked, with unbelievers. Instead, we are to come out from among them, to touch no unclean thing, and then God will receive us and be a father to us. Unfortunately, many believers think that they will lead their unbelieving spouse to Christ, but usually the unbeliever has greater influence on the believer. When holding on to someone in the river, it's much easier to float downstream than to carry them and swim upstream. Second, they would keep the Sabbath day holy. Verse 31, If the peoples of the land brought wares or any grain to sell on the Sabbath day, we would not buy it from them on the Sabbath or on a holy day, and we would forego the seventh year's produce and the exacting of every debt. The Sabbath law was God's sign of the covenant with Israel. It's never applied in the New Testament to the church. For Israel, the Sabbath made them distinctive among the nations. It required self-restraint on the part of the Jews not to do business with Gentiles when they came around on the Sabbath. The Sabbath law also included giving the land a rest every seventh year. It was because the Jews had neglected to do this for 490 years that God kept them into captivity for 70 years, giving the rest to the land that they had neglected to do. And then they were to cancel debts in the seventh year. Now that would require faith because they would have to trust God to make it up to them even though they had the loss of revenue. Keeping God's commandments often requires faith. We must believe that God will bless us for being obedient even when we can't make it add up on paper. Third, they would maintain the house of God by bringing the temple tax and the wood. Also, we made ordinances for ourselves to exact from ourselves yearly one-third of a shekel for the service of the house of our God, for the showbread, for the regular grain offering, for the regular burnt offering of the Sabbaths, the new moons, and the set feasts, for the holy things, for the sin offerings to make atonement for Israel and all the work of the house of our God. We cast lots among the priests, the Levites, and the people for bringing the wood offering into the house of our God according to our Father's houses at the appointed times, year by year, to burn on the altar of the Lord our God as it is written in the law. Now, the law required each man to give a half shekel annually. This was also the way they took an annual census. In Jesus' day, this was known as the temple tax because it was used to fund the service of the house of God. In addition, much wood was needed for the temple for the fire on the altar was never to go out. The priests, Levites, and people would share the burden of providing this. Now God no longer dwells in a house made with hands because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. However, our willingness to provide for the work of the ministry is an indicator of our spiritual life. If we neglect His support, God's work, it shows we consider material things to be more important than spiritual things. And that shows our priorities are out of whack. I love the imagery of everybody providing wood for the fire on the altar. The fire of passion for the Lord should never go out in the church. It's the passion of our love for Jesus that shines brightly and attracts others to him. So how do we keep the fire burning? We must all do our part bringing our wood to add to the fire fourth they would bring the first of their crops sons and livestock that belonged to the lord and we made ordinances to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all the fruit of the trees year by year to the house of the lord to bring the firstborn of our son and our cattle as it is written in the law And the firstborn of our herds and flocks to the house of our god to the priests who minister to the house of our god to bring the first fruits of our dough our offerings the fruit from all kinds of trees the new wine and oil to the priests to the storerooms of the house of our god the first of everything belonged to god the first fruits of their produce was to be brought to him and since god spared their firstborn when the death angel killed the firstborn of egypt The firstborn male that opened every womb of people and animals belonged to the Lord. Firstborn sons were redeemed by a sacrifice. Firstborn clean animals were sacrificed to the Lord. And the firstborn of the unclean animals, such as a donkey, would be redeemed with a lamb. Fifth, they would bring their tithes to support the Levites and priests. Verse 37, for the Levites should receive the tithes in all our farming communities, and the priest, the descendant of Aaron, shall be with the Levites when the Levites receive the tithes, and the Levites shall bring up a tenth of the tithes to the house of our God, to the rooms of the storehouse. For the children of Israel and the children of Levi shall bring the offering of the grain of the new wine and the oil to the storerooms where the articles of the sanctuary are, where the priests who minister and the gatekeepers and singers are, and we will not neglect the house of our God. So a tenth of their produce, seeds, and livestock belonged to the Lord. That was brought to the temple to be given to the Levites to support them in the service of the temple. In turn, they would give a tenth of what they received to the priests. These tithes would be placed in temple storerooms. And then every third year, all of Israel would take an additional tithe to support the Levites, strangers, fatherless, and widows within their city gates. The Jews vowed to make changes because they valued the things of God. Do we? What changes should we make in order to pattern our lives after God's will? We're not under the law as they were, we are under grace. Nevertheless, it is easy for us to drift from eternal to temporal priorities. May God help us to do some deep, honest reflection and make deliberate changes so that others will say, hey, what happened to you?
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please call or text us at 208-319-4860. That's 208-319-4860. Tomorrow, we'll see where certain Jews are chosen by lot to dwell in Jerusalem and others volunteer. Doing the work of the ministry requires sacrifice, but there are great rewards. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Nehemiah on Simply the Bible.